0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Square Triangle. I don't know what that facial expression was. There, I, turned Dallas, the, but... I turned
1: the lights on and it just hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: But we're keeping it in. Um, <laughs> That's in the floor. Uh, this, 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 uh, this week, we are going to be talking about uh, Forbidden Door 2 and our thoughts on the matches as they go along. Um, as, uh, as a note, before we start, the Adam Cole versus uh, whatever that guy's name was. Uh, Tom Kyle Lawler. Alder. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, it didn't happen uh, because Adam Cole had an illness. Yeah, they suspected uh, the flu,
1: and Tony Khan sent him home, so he didn't get anybody else sick. Yeah, so, good get, get on Tony Khan. Yeah, I mean, the guy who cares, like, like he continued paying people, like, after injury and stuff, too.
0: Mm, like, he uh, pa- I, paid
1: for stuff even, you know, after they left the company, just, to, you know, he's a good guy.
0: It it helps when you have infinite money that it you does. that you do from <laughs> Warner Discovery.
2: Warner Discovery um, family a owns a bunch own of sports teams. Infinite money.
0: He's got the he's got the the rosebud cheat code from The Sims. Right. Yeah. Um but other than that, um overall, I thought the pay per view was really good. Um I don't think it's I'm not rating it as highly as a lot of my peers seem to be rating it, but we can get into that as we get into the individual matches. Um I don't like Don't get me wrong. When I rate something as lower than God tier, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it wasn't all it could have been, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there was definitely uh, a
0: very good pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, there were definitely some matches on here that were just like, oh, this is an uh, an exhibition match. You know, we don't Mm have a thing here. But then there were some stories that there were some matches that actually had storylines built into it. Just the natural progression of some of these wrestlers, you know, through the companies that they worked for and everything. Mm -hmm. so this definitely just feels like it's a pay-per-view it's like here is fan service as opposed to here are storyline things but once in a while you get that one match that has a storyline and boy will we talk about that fucking match
2: oh yeah yes we will talk about
0: the main event (laughs) but uh first off um we have uh mjf versus hiroshi tanihashi that just kind of came out of nowhere really
1: yeah, it was a... I don't know what happened on... I don't have cable, so I don't watch the TV episodes. Uh, but this is one of the matches I feel like it's just one of those uh, exhibition matches. You know MJF so, isn't going to lose this. So it's just a matter of what's so, going to happen in the ring.
0: So the story going into this was that Adam Cole actually wanted to face off against MJF. And in typical MJF fashion, he's just not having it. Yeah. Um, and so when Hiroshi Tanahashi came out on Dynamite, correct me if I'm wrong, X... Um, uh, Adam Cole goaded him into it by
2: calling uh, MJF repeatedly a coward. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Basically, he was just antagonizing MJF in this match. And in true MJF fashion, he pretty much just starts yelling at Adam Cole. He's like, ah, you told me a coward. I accept. And pretty much that's how we got this match. Okay. Yeah. It was because Adam Cole was just absolutely goading MJF into it.
1: Yeah, and this and... was the the feud that also would have given us the Adam Cole-Filthy uh, Tom Lawler match because MJF had uh, Tom Lawler and his partner come out and jump Adam Cole before quote, unquote, making the save for his tag team partner in the little storyline they're going through right now. But mm-hmm. again, that match was canceled. Tom Lawler did get to perform for the crowd, though. He was a dark match before Zero hours started, so people still got to see him, which was at least good for the fans.
0: Yeah. I have no idea who that guy is.
1: He's a a big name from uh, MLW for the most part. He was also a former UFC guy, uh, but he's been kind of wrestling on a lot of the, I'd say like the B B or C tier like indies lately.
2: As a matter of fact, I think he was the first ever NJPW strong champion for um, New Japan's um, American, um, I guess American sub-promotion NJPW strong back when that was running, so Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he's worked for New okay. Japan, uh, Major League Wrestling. She's uh, kind of just been all over the
0: place. Okay, so he's still doing his tour before the WWE eventually scoops him up for being a former MMA person. Right? Probably. Yeah, okay. Cool, good to know. Um, so, yeah, uh, going into this match, uh, I, I guess I haven't seen Tanahashi in a while. Um, and Age has definitely caught up to him.
1: I asked that when yeah. we were uh, talking to him. I was catching this <laughs> up. Uh, we are watching this all at separate times. We didn't watch this for the most part on Sunday night. And I was like, is it, i asked you, I was like, has Hashi started, like, getting a, you know, like a power lifter's body, because he was, definitely had, like, more of a barrel chest going into this, and it's like, no, he's just getting old. Like, <laughs> he's, yeah, um, he's losing his physique.
2: Because mm-hmm. back on, I believe, Sal, it was Collision on Saturday night, I was watching Tanahashi wrestle Swerve, and yeah. um, it just seems like he was out, it just seems like he was having a rough go out there. You know, um... He looked a lot slower. He looked like the age is starting to catch up to him. It looks like injuries are starting to catch up to him. But still, he's he's still performing at a decent level, though. Yeah, he's you know, still so he's still getting these big matches. Level. Yeah, yeah, he's,
0: he's he's uh Tanahashi is like the John Cena of j- Japanese wrestling. He's the ace. Like, I, he's the ace. Like he's the guy that you know, in the back pocket of like, hey, we need a star to go against this person. Send Tanahashi. Uh, yeah,
1: it's like, hey, we have a new champion. We need that new champion to look strong. Let's send in, you know, Tanahashi. He'll make him look great. Like Tanahashi has the ability to put people over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I did my usual thing that I do with these pay per views, and I just kind of made notes throughout the match. And it starts in this match, and it literally goes on until the last match. This fucking kid in the audience. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yep.
1: I. It's like i thought i was like is my are my headphones just picking up like all the ambient stuff because these can actually get like a lot of things for some reason i'm like no this kid's just being so screechy this whole Mm pay-per-view and there is a little payoff sure but i'm just like i just want this kid to shut the fuck up (laughs) like this whole pay-per-view
0: there was a there was a moment where uh mjf is yelling at tanahashi and he's like he's like you think i'm a coward well, I'm going to make you a joke after this. And then that little kid's like, you're still a coward.
1: And there's like one match later where he just starts singing the Canadian anthem, but like nobody's singing it with him. And I'm <laughs> like, God damn it, this fucking kid. Uh, there. This was your pretty basic match, I would say. It was just a showcase of MJF and Tanahashi. Uh, The ref had a great spot in this match, which I really liked. Yeah. the It was two parts. Uh, uh, it was a... He was holding the ropes during the submission hold, and somebody pointed out to him, so he went to check, and MJF moved his hand away, like, trying to hide it. And then he did it again, and MJF called him out, and the ref kicked his fucking hand off of the rope, which was great. The refs had a lot to do in this pay-per-view, for better or worse. So, we'll get to
0: that later. There were a yeah, few uh... things
1: that I made notes of, and I'm like, they're getting the refs involved in a lot of these matches.
0: Well, Bryce Bryce in general is like a very animated referee. He's been like that since he was in what PWG Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, uh, And he's he's been he's been like a very he's a very animated uh, referee. Even if he doesn't even if he doesn't actually like isn't actually a combatant, uh, he will make himself involved. And he's was he the referee when uh, I'm thinking way back in like Chikara where uh, they invented like the slow motion grenade. I think so. I think he was the referee of that, at that time. Maybe. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look up like 2005 Chikara. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. It's it's, it's, inter- it's, it's sports entertaining.
1: Uh, a lot of my notes for this moment, it, this is definitely the kind of match. I would say either this one or the match after this. These are the matches you start the show with. If this had been any later in the card, I think it would have killed the momentum of this pay-per-view. Moving forward... Uh, there was I, a match that I felt killed the momentum later in this pay per view, but we'll get to that one too. And
0: I think that's true, but I also still am taking umbrage with the AEW championship. T- like like opening. That's yeah. I hate he, it when WWE does it. I hate it when I hate it when any other promotion does it. It like yes, I get it. This this card is stacked. Card like, from stacked. top to bottom, it is stacked. You could have
1: put the CM. You could have put the CM Punk match.
0: I think
2: first. if you would just flipped those two matches, you yeah. yeah, we're good. It would have been good, but it, it, but to MJF's credit, he did give a storyline reason for that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they, like, he, he
1: was supposed to go on later, but he told. I think like it's just him being MJF. He didn't want to wrestle in Moxley's blood, which I think is a yeah, good
0: excuse. That, that,
2: was, that was that's yeah. fair. Like I get it. That's fair. Right. Uh, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I can excuse that you know, that AEW championship match being first, for that reason and that reason alone. And on top of that, the other, and on top of that, you know, you had you know, all these other great matches on the pay-per-view that, I don't know, like, maybe there were some ups and downs, you know, in some of this, and along the way in some of these, but uh, I think this was a decently paced pay-per-view. It's a lot slower paced than your average AEW pay-per-view. by. hours
1: flew by. I broke this into two nights to watch this. And the first half is definitely the slow feels the slowest just for the number of matches. But that last two hours just fucking explodes. Yeah. Into it's like action. a slow
2: build.
1: Yeah. They got you, the pacing you of realize, these realize
0: You don't realize it's like 20, 25 minutes for that, for that main event that we'll get to in a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. The longest match of this. And the thing, it's not even like an incredibly long set of matches. The longest match in this is about 35 minutes. And that's the uh, <laughs> Omega Osprey match. Yeah. So, uh, You get the visual pinfall over MJF when the ref's distracted. Uh, Tanahashi gets like a seven count and then the diamond ring, which is cool that they're still doing that. Like they're keeping that as something in the show. Uh, Mm. Knocks out Tanahashi uh, for the for the pin. Pretty standard heel finish.
0: Yeah, I I like I like stuff like that. Like, um, do you remember the guy in? I think it was just Don Callis back in ECW uh, who had his, like, he had a neck brace, and he w- just wore that for, like, 20 years. Oh, that's Joel Gertner. Joel Gertner, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, I, so I, like, I like stuff like that.
1: I like how it's been, what, the last three years, MJF has won this diamond ring, and it's like, that can easily be tied into a storyline also, where he like, I'm going to lose the diamond ring one day, so I don't I can't fall back on that. And, like, they're keeping these little things, like, intensive because, I mean, if WWE did, you know, Braun Strowman is the longest reigning... You know, Saudi so Arabian champion that they had for whatever that greatest Royal Rumble win was.
0: Yeah. What was that
1: Facebook post a few weeks back? It was like, it's like Braun Strowman passes like five years as greatest Royal Rumble champion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's like, they, and just, still, they just never and I could, followed up on that. So it's just completely like, completely forgot about that until it was brought up too. Yeah.
1: So. It was just like a random Facebook post I came across and I was like, oh shit, I forgot that they made that title for absolutely no reason
0: so they made it for a royal rumble
1: then they fired him um,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well he's back and he's still the champion
1: he's injured out he's out injured too i think right now
0: i think mm-hmm. he, he recently he got injured. surgery recently um i like it this is a, a pretty, pretty standard right home yeah pretty standard opening i don't think there's a whole lot to write home about about this No, nah,
1: this was your pretty standard like hey, we're gonna open the show with a 10 minute match and
0: I, I will say as a note about MJF in particular, and I, I wrote this in my notes. I'm not a fan of his promo work anymore. Um, it's starting to like slide for me. Um, I don't think he's grown as a promo worker. Uh, like he, he still you know knows how to say things, and he still knows how to generate heat. But it's usually the same my, stuff. Yeah, it's the same stuff over and over. He's like Cartman.
1: Yeah, you need to it's give like him the Car- you need mm-hmm. to give him somebody that he can play off of in a different light, like somebody who. Is like I can't really shit talk you because you're gonna shit talk me back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I love about get that, him and Punk. With Punk Put him yeah. back up against yeah. Ricky Starks, he's probably the only person I've known that's bested him on the mic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh then we go on to our next match was uh Satoshi Kojima versus CM Punk. And I think I asked, I was like, This is just a weird matchup in general, but we I think we all settled on maybe this is just somebody that CM Punk like re- respects from New Japan. This is uh, also
0: the quarterfinals for the Owen Hart the,
1: the uh, Cup, which Cup. I feel like CM Punk's going to win since he's in this tournament. Um, but Punk also switched that on. He's like, Canada hates me because of everything that happened, so I'm going to play up into a heel in this match, and he's like being the comedic heel for most of this match, too.
0: Um, he has some I, pretty interesting spots where he does like the leg drop. I mm-hmm. do like the
1: uh everything that came out after this pay-per-view where every, uh, I think New Japan and Kojima were very happy that the that the US audience like gave him this much respect like arriving here. Mm-hmm. Uh because he's always been a New Japan guy and he's always been, you know, one of their workers, not one of their champion guys for the most part, I think. And you know, he's been around for a while and the fact that people over here can, you know, give him attention and cheer for him and everything. Was definitely a he, good thing.
2: He earned it. He slapped the fuck out of Punk like he was a young lion, which is yeah. truly something he needed. Uh, and, that, and a side note about Punk, that's going to continue once he gets back to the States. It's going to be a mixed in some spots, but uh, yeah, this, this crowd heat that he's seeing Punk has been getting lately. Oh, he, he that fed will off continue.
1: Of it. He, it's like he fed off of it. Uh, he did. I didn't make a note here. After the lariat over the barricade, uh, Dasha almost got taken out by Punk, like flipping <laughs> that barricade. Yeah, like she had to get yeah. out of her chair to avoid like getting crashed on. <laughs>
0: and almost I was like, how a wardrobe malfunction."
1: Yeah, uh, it became a slash. It became pretty much a slap fight for a bit, and then you had mm-hmm. Punk yelling lariat and Kojima when he had him in the corner, which I thought was really funny. <laughs>
0: he he also counted it in Japanese when he was on the turnbuckle with a punching. Yeah, it's like it ni san. I, I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, it uh, it just went back to a standard then beating the shit out of each other. Uh, Kojima mm-hmm. just starts chopping Punk and is just doing it. and The crowd's loving it. Uh, GTS, and then a little, even though he was kind of playing heel, there is a show of respect to Kojima at the end of this match, yep. uh, by Punk. And then there was something that goes through the rest of the pay per view at times, where they play with the exit exits on the stage, because mm-hmm. Punk like looks at the heel one. And then he like looks at a camera guy and he points to the face one. he's like, go there. And then he like goes into <laughs> the face one because it's like, am I a heel or a face? So like that's the second time something like that comes into play in this pay-per-view. Or there's another time where that goes into this in the pay-per-view. But I just thought it was really like funny meta humor I since don't... AEW's kept tight to that as
0: a thing. I don't know if that's a meta thing or I don't or if that's or like just,
1: just had no fucking idea which one to go. Yeah,
0: it I, might just <laughs> I, I think legitimately some of these wrestlers just had no fucking idea which which area to go through.
1: They just need to start color coding them: uh, blue for good guys, red for bad guys.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't do that in certain in certain states. They'll they'll start shooting the place I think up. it was also
1: Panko uh, kind of just playing into it, too, where I, yeah. I, do, I do think it was like, oh, was, I was playing a heel that match. Do so I need to go out this one or go out the,
0: the
2: I think he was just doing that in jest as a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Yeah, it's you know, definitely
1: so. there's definitely like a lot of fun being had on this pay-per-view since it's not it is canon in ways, but it's like it's not overly serious.
0: There aren't a whole either. lot of storylines that are being it this isn't like a uh, usual AEW pay-per-views where it's like the season finale. This is like the crossover special.
1: Yeah, this is like a It was like a comic book, this is one of the annuals that come yeah. out every
0: few issues. Yep, yep. And I fucking this love it. <laughs> this is, yeah for sure <laughs> this is like if Into the Spider-Verse was a wrestling show yes
1: uh, we'll get to that too in this next match uh, apparently they only want to reference New Japan and AEW titles because PWG champion Daniel Garcia did not have his title or any mention of that as he was coming <laughs> out WG for this the uh,
0: out. Out Excalibur scene <laughs> malding <laughs>
1: this uh this international title four-way that we have but i also think it was a reason to kind of maybe protect pwg because their champion is the one that got pinned uh caliber swing
0: at the air so uh
1: one of the notes i had here for this was orange cassidy coming out first feels kind of wrong uh especially out of all of these guys he has the most title defenses he has the longest reign Mm -hmm. uh they definitely gave it to uh, Zack Sabre Jr, though, as kind of like the big name of this match. Yeah. Uh, also made a note that him being in the Mighty Don't Kneel feels weird if he doesn't have the other guys around, so I don't feel that why they needed to mention that. <laughs> like, I forgot he was even in that faction, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. Um, so one thing they- I like about this match is, so like just in the entrance, is that they, they referenced the animosity like immediately reference the animosity between uh shibata and um and zack saber yeah
1: uh i also made a note here uh shibata looks like he can he has killed a man like this man just looks like a threat coming to this ring
0: he's (laughs) he's he has killed a man and he almost died in the ring so yeah yeah
2: and on top of that you know arch cassidy really did a good job selling all of the damage he's taken over the course of how on uh, the mini title defenses that he has as well.
1: defenses i think since he's won it mm-hmm. yeah
2: um, definitely the definitely the juxtaposition between him being
0: like the slacker gimmick and then like being the hardest working champion in the company
1: it's crazy because i saw i was reading uh, i saw a thing off facebook cuz i've been just getting fucking like weird wrestling pages on thing cuz the algorithm's fucked uh mm-hmm. it's like i don't people are arguing like why do it's, it's like it feels like cornette's list of what makes a good wrestler just doesn't apply to this because he doesn't want it to apply. Orange Cassidy can sell. He can mm-hmm. tell in-ring stories. He has the psychology. He can actually do wrestling. Like, he can do mat wrestling and high-flying and all this other stuff. But it's just because of the gimmick is, like, nobody likes nobody serious, quote-unquote, likes him. But even Dan Daniel Bryan's I, like, I, I w- want to wrestle him.
0: Like I want... <laughs> Us, I know we're just a, we're just a small time podcast on a on a on a channel. I want us to make a movement to stop fucking listening to Jim Cornette. His ideas were antiquated in the Attitude Era.
1: The argument I make with my friend is I will listen to him for the history side of it. I'll listen to him for stuff going on in the seventies and the eighties because that stuff is interesting to me, like how they used to do stuff there. But my God, get him out of modern wrestling, <laughs> like please.
2: I mean, Cornette, I, can tolerate, <laughs> I can tolerate Cornette on Dark Side of the Ring, you know, because you know he he kind of moves talking about history. Head. I love yeah. him. He's at, talking uh, about history, but he uh, has historical knowledge. Yes, yeah, he's outdated. Okay, Jim, it seems antiquated and outdated when it comes to him. He just needs to just, I guess, sit Kim, in the corner and shut. For, Kim, for the people who for the people inferno, who are
1: in esports. Russo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> for the
0: people who are in esports, uh, Jim Cornette is the Thorin of of wrestling. God, I hate
1: that comparison, but you're right. That's an awful comparison, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> like, I'm oh, right. Gosh. You are, and I hate it. Um, but back to this match. Uh so we get a really fast start. Uh Orange Cassidy kind of pushes two of him out of the ring, goes for a pin on Garcia, and then when a kick out, he uses the momentum to dive in the first like 30 seconds of this wrestling yeah.
0: match. Like he started. he started with like his his like slacker kicks uh, like yeah. you know. Um, but eventually I think it was Zack Sabre who, who like, you know, st- tries to swing on him, he ducks yeah. under, gets the get, and then gets the pin attempt on, uh, Garcia and yeah, just dives out. And uses that was, I thought that was a really cool spot.
1: Uh, a lot of this match is dedicated to Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. And even when Garcia trying to get involved, they're slapping him and then going back to slapping each other and then pushing him away and slapping each other.
0: He's out here. Daniel Garcia is out here almost hitting the gritty on the, on <laughs> worldwide television.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm like, and I'm just watching this match, and I'm like, this is good fucking technical wrestling. It is. We had two great technical wrestling matches in this pay per view, and God, this is fucking one of them. Jabata you know this- and Zack Sabre Jr. are
2: fantastic together. And the surprising part was Orange Cassidy kind of showed technical prowess against Zack Sabre Jr. at one point in that match. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. was countering him, he was countering him right back. I mean, that was kind of impressive for me. And like I said, it's like you guys said. He's supposed to be, you know, the slacker, you know, the aloof gimmick. But he is really one of the bright spots in AEW right now. I wish more people had a lot more respect for him. Yeah.
0: Um, Orange Cassidy, uh, to me, it feels like if you put him in the ring with somebody who is like a ring general or like someone who can who uh, is established that can go in the ring. I want to see what he does with CM Punk, to be honest. Yeah, because I think that would be a good match. I think that would be a really good match, even though it's like a, a styles clash. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I think he he works to the level of the person he's working with.
1: Yeah, this it everything like played off itself. Like we had the from the first time we had the Orange Cassidy Shibata, like sit down and slap the shit out of each other's spot from their previous match. Uh, then again, you know, Orange Cassidy goes for all of his finishers, but his fucking hand is injured, so it does, it's not as effective. And you just have all this great, like, in-ring storytelling. And, uh, mm-hmm. watching this match, I'm like, just give me Shibata, Sabre Jr., and Cassidy at all-in. Just give me that fucking triple threat. Like, As,
0: <laughs> as little a storyline as we got coming into, going into the pay-per-view, like, in the match itself, we got a lot of storytelling
1: yeah there was a lot of history in this match uh and again it just did feel like garcia was just here to take the pin which we all knew he was mm-hmm. uh, you have a match where three people are listed champions and then you are a listed champion but you're not being mentioned as one you're taking the yeah pin. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> <it's>, we're <laughs> he not
0: going to the pin or he was going to win it, it i like, feel like one of the two
1: i feel like that was also uh excalibur's call it's like hey if you're going to have my guy lose we're not going to mention that he's my guy like yeah. a lot of people might not know PWG, so it's it's fine. But we're not going to have uh, for, my guy for <laughs> lose.
0: For context, like, there Excalibur is like one of the seven owners of PWG. Yeah, it's him and somebody else. I think hmm. uh, there's like seven people that own that own PWG, yeah. and Excalibur is one of them.
1: Yeah, it's from uh, pro wrestling. Uh, that's, that's why pro I'm wrestling... making the joke
0: like, oh yeah, he's swinging at the air because they don't mention they're not mentioning his company.
1: Yeah, uh, or pro, his title. Yeah, it's a pro yeah. wrestling gorilla that might be a name people know it by. Hmm. And a lot of people come from there. Like a lot of people have that as a stop in their wrestling careers.
0: A lot of the twi- a lot of people who came through in the twenty twenties, in like the early twenty twenties, I know we're twenty twenty-three, but like late 20- 2010s, early twenty twenties, uh came like had a really strong stint in PWG. I mean
1: even um uh, Sammy and KO did. So Yep. It's it's one of those stops, you know. It's like a lot of the big names now have gone through Ring of Honor or gone through PWG or Combat Zone Wrestling. It's like it's mm. one of those baseline ones where you start getting to the, mm. the next ones. Uh, I just want to see more Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. I, yep. just, I need more of it. It's so good. I
0: I wish it was easier to watch uh, New Japan in America. Yeah, it's it's almost intentionally
2: hard. I think sometimes. Yeah, because um, I think New Japan they only show clips and stuff on Access Television, which is not in a lot of homes in uh, America. So. Nobody yeah, you'd have to probably access. you you. So basically, your only route for getting New Japan Pro Wrestling here is to go to NJPW World, you know, yeah. and buy their streaming service. It's
0: Which
1: is
2: fine. To... It's it's worth the money. It just
1: yeah, it's just there's you, a... you gotta
2: you gotta get there. You, you just That's... wish it was more readily available. You know, mm-hmm.
1: this is why we're not a all over pod uh, an all over wrestling podcast because we don't have time for. Six different companies.
0: We all three of us work full-time jobs. <laughs>
1: yeah, so we're like, all right, we're going to sit down and watch a pay-per-view and then just kind of piece it together from whatever we can watch in the weeks between. Yeah. And I mean, God, we're recording this and this Saturday's fucking Money in the Bank and I forgot about it until you guys brought it up again. My and I was like, fuck, fuck hurt. I have a busy weekend. <laughs> like, my fingers are going to yeah. hurt. I got and, nothing uh, going
0: on this, this Saturday, so.
1: Yeah, I was just like, God damn, I forgot I had that. So that actually cuts a day into my stuff that I wanted to do. But, um,
2: welcome to welcome to some uh, wrestling in the summer. Rapid fire pay per views all over the place. Yeah, we have yeah, like no four kidding. coming
1: up in the next like two months. So yeah, yep. Um, then this match this match also has a storyline of it feels like Orange Cassidy is just getting desperate now because he literally steals the win from somebody else to keep his title.
0: He's, he's been doing in the last few defenses, doing like slightly heelish, like just a little, just a little taste of like a heel ish move mm-hmm. like stealing the victory from somebody else stealing the victory from shibata hitting the pk on garcia yeah uh just tossing him out, out of the ring and then pinning
1: yeah like he's just he's doing what he, he's surviving now i think is, is what we is what me and a coworker brought up orange cassidy isn't winning he is surviving
0: yeah
1: and i feel like that's a, a great storytelling route to go through i do just kind of want swerve to come back into the picture because i think swerve would be a really great international champion
0: yeah, but, I think so too. But he's busy doing whatever he's doing. He's doing swerve things. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I mean, this was probably one of my favorite matches on the pay per view in general. I mean, there are two that are above it, but this one is definitely probably like my third favorite on this pay per view. This a-
0: one is. I think this one is. I think this one edges out Omega uh, Osprey for me, but just barely. The top three for me are like a game of inches. Yeah. Uh,
1: The next match we have is, I guess, them kind of giving the New Japan title a little more importance, putting it later than, you know, the AW1. This match also didn't have a story going into it, aside from we don't know who you are to each other. Uh, The real story here is what happens post-match, but it's the uh, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry versus Sonata match. And this was a pretty good back and forth match. I mean, Jungle Boy looks strong. In this match, regardless, there
0: was a lot of one-upsmanship and like trying to do each other's moves uh, in the match. They had Uh, including a
1: poison rana that looked nasty. The one that the one that Sonata took.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm.
1: Sonata didn't get enough air when he went over it. He kind of landed on his shoulder coming down.
0: Yeah. I noticed that. that I was like, that doesn't look like it was.
1: It went right, but Lec was protected doing it. So Mm -hmm. we had the uh, back and forth like uh, chest slaps. Mm hmm. Uh, a bunch of finisher a bunch of like submission attempts Uh we had Jack being put into the skull end and then swung around like he's fucking Claudio which was a great looking spot and I don't think you can yeah. do that to anybody else but Jungle Boy with his size.
2: I mean, he did to Cassidy.
1: Darby would be like fucking do it and throw me <laughs>
2: <laughs> it like, you me like a rag doll. Oh, there was also, like, at one point in the match where uh, Sonata wrapped Jungle Boy up and, like, he, 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 I think he called it the Paradise Lock. Mm-hmm. The, the Paradise Lock, like, where he, like, it. boxes them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Boxes them like, in, and he just drops right in his ass. Yeah. shout
0: to uh, Milano Collection AT, who invented that move. Um, and shout-outs to my friend, who used to love Milano Collection AT, that we don't talk anymore, but mm-hmm. wherever you are, you're doing great.
1: Uh, Yeah, this is pretty standard just champion versus challenger match i mean they're going to make sonata look strong but they did let jungle boy get a lot of attention in this match too um kind of an abrupt match uh to end i mean it was a shining wizard into a moonsault and then just a pin and i was like oh that's that was
0: fast i i like uh this i think this match for me tiptoed that line of becoming if if it went any longer it might be stale but if it if it stopped like any more abruptly, I'd be like, "Well, that sucked."
1: Yeah, it just it fell off because it felt like they were getting into like this big crescendo, and then it's just like the pin came. And yeah. I was like,
2: "Oh, okay." I kind of want I kind of want to talk it up to like the, the weird pacing of this pay per view, you know? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's just like okay, we need to. We might have had a match go a little too long, and here's what we're planning for these ones.
0: I think. So. I think this was uh, this is one of the effects of having Adam Cole not be have his match. Cause I feel yeah. like they had all of their times good and then uh, that yeah, match just... got dropped and then now they
2: shuffled everything around and then they had to add and subtract minutes here and there. And you can yeah. kind of tell, yeah.
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the moonsault, just hitting a single moonsault and then for the pin, it's just like, oh, okay, that seems kind of abrupt, but whatever. I mean, he's champion, he retains the title, new Japan champion looks strong. Mm-hmm. And then post match, we get a heel turn finally uh, from Jungle Boy as he decks hook at the top of the ramp. And I think we all brought it up that uh, Christian Cage wins again.
2: <laughs> like, Yet again. Oh, Taz sold this tremendously. Taz name. left commentary the rest of the night. The, the way he reacted to that.
1: Taz was Taz off was... commentary after this for the rest of the night.
0: Taz is actively like, malding this whole, the rest of the pay-per-view. Yeah.
1: And I was like, that's um, that's cool, having Taz like leave to take care and of again, his son for, after this you know like I was gonna it's say
0: for context taz is hook's uh, yeah, father
1: they look nothing alike by the way so it's impressive yeah, but no, yeah he uh it's, it was good it was like, did, yeah his son just got laid out by this guy so he's gonna leave commentary for a bit
0: even when taz was in like in shape in ecw he still looked nothing like hook he looked like
1: he, he taz looks more like tamahiro ishii than he does hook like, <laughs>
0: We'll get
1: They're to about him the later. same age, too. Yeah. Uh, if I like my notes for Otamohiro, you when we get there, we just get violence him impacted. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: um, yeah. yeah. Bro,
0: I, I, I kind of like this heel turn. I'm with I, it. I think it was needed
1: because people were kind of getting tired of him. Uh, as I guess a face, because it's like it was all talk. He never really won the big matches when he needed to. Mm. Uh, everything after the cage feud just kind of felt meh. I mean, he was great uh, in the Four Pillars one, but he wasn't the strongest of the four there. In
0: I terms think, of promos, I think, and stuff. I think. I think one day uh, he's going to be a really good like cha- world champion. I want I want to see him lose to Claudio Castagnoli for the for the ROH title, and like get a few more world title defenses before I can see him like posing a legitimate threat. But yeah. I think this heel turn will go a long way to to uh, solidifying that.
1: And I mean, to be that star, to be somebody who can do both sides, he has to have a heel turn eventually. Like he has to mm-hmm. be on that side of the coin to work out that character, too, because I mean, sure. you're, gonna,
2: so, you're going so to stale as probably...
1: fuck if you're a babyface the whole time. Yeah,
0: so There's, there was also a lot of you fucked up chance. Uh, going to, going on when um, there were a lot of chants in this fucking
1: pay-per-view I, again <laughs> the crowd can make or break pay-per-views and yep. Canada lit this pay-per-view on fucking fire with their chants it was great yep but yeah uh, we got a Jungle Boy uh, heel turn and as the time of us recording this Dynamite tonight we're going to hear
2: about it so Woo. yeah I think this is Jungle Boy's first true test you know of being a superstar yeah, and I think he's going to get. But, you know, we'll just see I how think, this heel goes. Yeah. I think he'll kill it. I think, he'll I, think it. He'll, I think I think he will do good.
1: Yeah, he's great in the ring. The weakest thing is his promo work, and I really hope he can start cutting his teeth a little more on this side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get to one of the wackier matches in this
0: fucking night. So we've got. Matt and Nick Jackson, Hangman Adam Page, Tomihiro Ishii, and Eddie Kingston. Hey, look, everyone's everyone this that negative employee. My everyone second has.
2: favorite match of this pay per view Blackpool Combat then, Club versus the Elite. And,
0: and then we have the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, with Konosuke Takeshita and Shota Umino.
1: Yeah, uh, uh a death jutsu, a death jutsu, uh, shirt yeah. as Moxley was wearing.
0: Uh, so he had to blur the little the thing that's because uh, it's it, the the shirt actually says zero fucks, but he had to like he had to like, <laughs> had to, like to blur marker that in.
1: That's awesome. Um, um. Yeah, the uh, I didn't see what it was, but I saw very quickly on the hangman and the box they had a very long like note plate. <laughs> Uh, for the thing, and I'm like, who is fucking writing these?
0: <laughs> I'm sure one of either Matt, Nick, or or Adam are writing them. Uh, I also want to point
1: out there was a thing that came out on Twitter after this uh, from uh, being the elite. Um, before their matches, they all did the elite little uh, eyebrow notch that Eddie Kingston has. All the elite got one, <laughs> so they all looked like it was like. Yeah, it's hard to know, But there was a there's a being the elite thing uh, from them backstage. It's like, you know, what? we all need to work as a team. So we're all going to look like Eddie. And they all give themselves like the little eyebrow notch that Eddie Kingston has.
0: Eddie Kingston, for me, is that employee, that coworker you have that all of you have when you work that just has nothing good to say about anybody. Just ca- constantly shit talks everybody and everything. He's ready to he fucking no go, like- <laughs> but he's Eddie.
2: He gets away with it yeah. If you uh, yeah
1: we keep making the jokes eddie kingston is just a guy who showed up to fight people he's not even a real wrestler <laughs>
0: Like, he's not even re- just showed up to punch somebody uh
1: and there's a lot of history in this match from all sides uh the mm-hmm. reason eddie kingston was brought in is being former friends with moxley he doesn't think moxley is doing this for the reasons that moxley is saying he's doing it and there's a lot of storytelling in this match. It's like, Moxley, what the Physically fuck are you doing? He
0: wants to kill Castagnoli. Oh,
1: yeah. He wants to destroy Claudio because of all the he yeah. does not like
2: Claudio at all. Uh, at all.
0: It, it just feels like to me for the last like three or four feuds that Eddie Kingston has had in AEW, they've boiled down to Eddie Kingston doesn't like this guy, so he's just going to like punch him.
1: Eddie Kingston was slighted years ago and he had to <laughs> let go of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, literally too angry to die. Man, that is Eddie. King-
1: Man, literally like 15, too angry. Twenty to die. years
2: ago, he's held on this forever. Yeah. Yeah, bro.
1: Eddie Kingston has some age uh, to him too, uh, mm-hmm. but he definitely he's not. He de- doesn't look like a wrestler. He just looks like a guy who showed up to beat the shit out. He of looks people. like
0: a. He looks like some random dude from New York just ready to punch somebody. hmm Because mm-hmm. he is a random dude from New York who's ready to punch somebody. Exactly. So, um, but this match was. Like we said, like it it got ugly fast. It did. This
1: match had a lot of animosity. Uh the match starts uh with Umino and Eddie after Claudio cowardly tags out to mm-hmm. leave Eddie in the ring without him, which was a great little storytelling thing. Uh, I mean this whole match is just like back and forth bullshit of like the best kind. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> There were a few good... Uh, there's a, there is a lot of good moments in this match, but there's a few good ones uh, like Konosuke, Takeshita, and, and Ishii getting into like a, fu- like, uh, a chop fight. Mm-hmm.
1: I, and then just Konosuke and Takeshita just knocking the fuck out
0: of Ishii. Yeah, he just <laughs> like knocked him flat. And it's great
1: because as a character, you know, Tamahiro Ishii is the guy who can just take the punishment and everything. And he's like the guy who will fight you. He's the stone pit bull.
2: Mm-hmm. But just Konosuke is just like... A fucking elbow and just lays out I can't, I can't remember the last time somebody knocked EC on his ass like that though. That's the thing. Kanosuke
1: like, looks so fucking good, at 20, so good at, at 20 something. At 20 something. I'm like fuck yeah, I cannot wait for this guy to just have a career like this.
2: He's barely into his prime and he's yeah. This good.
0: Yeah he's gonna be he's gonna do so good. Like whatever promotion takes him up is gonna be lucky to have him.
1: Yeah um one of my favorite moments of this match was the slap fight between Eddie and Moxley and then the brawl happens around them.
0: You mean and the five minute chop off? There's yeah. a
1: chop off and then like in the middle of that chop off, just the rest of the team start brawling in the middle of the ring as they're just slapping each other.
2: As they're just chopping the shit out of each other. Repeating. The visual
1: the visual of it was great. Like I loved that visual.
0: <laughs> there's a point where like after they stop chopping, after Claudio mercifully breaks that up. Yeah. Um uh like Moxie goes down under the uh, goes uh, out of the ring and goes to the Japanese adults table and like grabs grabs one of their ice waters and like pours it on his chest. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: saw that too. Like they're, they're all either on the ground or like around the ring and Moxie takes a minute to like it's like like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, this whole match, it's like you just have this all this back and forth. Uh, you get the cowboy shit chance when Hangman and Kenosuke are the two in the ring. There was a great, uh, like, spinning elbow into, like, a dive that just knocked somebody out. I think it was Kanosuke that took it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, just so uh, he dove through the air tried to close on him, just got hit by an elbow and just laid out in the ring.
2: And, and there was, like, one spot where um, Hangman Page, he booted uh, Kanosuke to, t- uh, to catch the onto the box, and the box held him up. And he just does, he like, he did a running, running moonsaw,
1: a running shooting star oh, onto him off the outside, which was a great spot. It was
2: crazy looking.
1: And then he hits another moonsault later from the top turnbuckle, and I'm like, "Fucking Hangman!" It's just
2: Hangman at times. Mm -hmm.
1: Like this was a great showing from Hangman. All things considered, we know everybody else can have a great match, but I mean, Hangman's always been like he's been that like hidden, like explosive energy. A lot of his matches are more tame, but when Hangman goes, he can fucking go like the rest
2: of them. And he went off in this match, like he was attacking. He was going here. He was there. The moonsaults everything like hangman had a really good show winning this
0: there's a really good spot where i think it was shota Umina was in the ring and um and he was going up against ishii and and then eddie kingston just comes back into the ring and uh, he gets sandwiched by ishii and, and uh, eddie they both lariate him and then one of them and then they do the enziguri gamengiri combination yeah uh just looked just looked very well done There was
1: a really good uh, double team here too uh, from the Jacksons where it was like the uh, he hit him with like a backbreaker while also doing like a swinging neckbreaker
0: onto him onto the
1: knee. And I I think I pointed out when we're talking about on discord, it's like I love how the young bucks just kind of yell moves like they're in a video game. Or are they just kind of they're like not, yeah,
0: yeah you're dead. They're not, they're not yelling out moves. They're yelling out they're like things, with Mean things to they're yelling out mean things to say their to their opponents. Yeah, go to hell. You're dead.
1: Yeah, it's just like I'm like these guys are just fucking game
0: characters, basically. It's it they they have, I, if
2: if AEW fight forever had sound bites, th- those would be them. I mean. Nick Jackson pretty much made himself a game character on the last pay-per-view where he had the exploding super kick. So that's true.
1: He had to get a he had to get a. A certificate or something to do that, like they had to go to like some department to get permission to do that spot because it's a firework.
2: Uh, Imagine going to get a license to introduce a hitbox in pro wrestling.
1: Um, the m- moment in this match that really got me, because I mean, we can talk about this match like all day, but it's just a brawl. Like this is brawl the match, uh, mm-hmm. that is an anarchy in the arena. Like this is the closest thing to an anarchy in the arena match in a ring. This is we've... the
0: closest thing we're getting to fallout from the all. What was that? The in Scrum from last yeah. year. This is the
2: closest thing we're getting to fallout from that. Um still think we're getting a blood and guts match between these I
0: guys.
1: I think that's going to probably lead to a blood and guts because this rivalry is just getting to that. Yeah, um,
0: all, out, all out, not all in. It, there
1: is a moment here that has interesting storyline stuff that they could build off of, especially now since we know that Danielson is injured just in mm-hmm. case he can't make it back to all in. Uh, Kingston saves Moxley from a double super kick. Just yep. uh. I mean, he's Moxley is his friend, and he's wondering just, like, why he's on the Claudio side. Like, that's basically what their chemistry is boiling into. It's like, bro, why are you fucking with this guy? Like, but it's just this whole thing where it's like, okay, that's interesting. And then after the match, you know, Kingston doesn't want to deal with the Bucks about it. He, he walks
0: Ishii out.
1: He hugs Ishii, and then they walk out. <laughs> like, he just loves, like, wrestling these guys that he looks up to. Mm-hmm. Or at least wrestling with them. Uh, Ishii nails Yudo with the Brain Buster and gets the pin, which is an interesting finish, especially after Yudo pins Omega in the last pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. having Yuda take the pin this time.
0: And I mean, again, that was probably the, the, if the... If this is a pay-per-view where nothing... No storyline gets advanced and this is just a crossover special, that's yeah. probably the way to go.
1: And, uh, I mean, this is also Wheeler, Wheeler's role in this faction. If the team has to lose, it's probably going to be Wheeler taking the taking the pin. Because you're not going to have Danielson take the pin. You're not going to have Mox take the pin, You're not going to have a champion and Claudio take the pin. So this is Wheeler's responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ishii getting the pin was really neat. I'm glad it wasn't an AEW guy that did it. This was uh, one of those moments of like, hey, look, New Japan. So I think after hey. counting it, it's uh, six AEW wins and two New Japan wins at this paper field.
0: <laughs> oh, do so. not like that.
1: But then again, you're right. We do have like a mixture of teams and everything. But the, just, one note
0: I, the one note I had is that Moxley didn't play this match.
1: He did not, and I'm pretty sure Togon might have fucking told him not to, because it's like, we're saving <laughs> the blood for Omega. <laughs> it's like, And they saved the blood for Omega. We'll
0: get to that in just um, a bit.
1: This next match is one that I feel was like, cut for time in a detrimental way.
0: Yes, I this agree.
1: This is the Willow Nightingale Tony Storm. This is Willow coming off of a win against... Uh, Mercedes, after she got injured in the match, and they let Willow go over, so she's now the New Japan strong women's champion. Um, It starts pretty early in the match, where the outcasts get ejected. Uh, They also had a moment before that, where they let Willow look pretty strong, taking out the whole team by herself. Uh, I like seeing strong tank babyfaces, and I think Willow fits that role really well. Um, She's smart. She's not going to let them distract her. Like, she handles both of them and gets right back into the ring with Tony. Yep. Uh, the Death Valley driver onto the apron had me scared for a second. Because I yeah. feel like she came down really hard on, like, the side of her head and her shoulder, rather than on her back like she was supposed to. Um, She then lifts her up and hits her with a second one. Uh, They get ejected. Willow does a sweet moonsault, and I'm like, this is just a female Vader. Like, she moves like Vader
2: does. Mm-hmm. She uh, really does. For her size, she like, like she's so agile. It's crazy. She moves like a cruiserweight for real. And uh, it's impressive. Really, I mean, she has, like, a really good mix of both power and speed. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, and the power is definitely something, because there's a point where, you know, Tony's, like, pawing at her face with her boot like a cat would. She's, yeah. like, trying to taunt her, and Willow's just, like, basically hulking up. And I'm like, I love just this strong baby face.
0: Uh, then I, the... I like it better now when it's not everywhere, right? Yeah. I like, I like it better now when it's not everywhere like it was in the 80s and 90s. Willow is
1: a strong babyface in that respect because I think she's one of the only few currently going on like that. Everybody mm. else who has taken on Tony and them have fallen to distractions or, you know, stuff like that. But Willow's been smart enough to keep her head on a
0: swivel with that. Was really a really good way to put her over as, as a champ as she is a champion?
1: Yeah, uh, this was a weird match conclusion because I feel like this was a match that was cut for time. Uh, she's trying to go for the splash in the corner. A ref gets pulled into uh, the way to distract her. Uh, she gets hit by like a very quick package storm zero and then gets pinned.
0: She she gets eye gouged. She gets eye
1: gouged and the yeah, storm zeroed. And it's a pin and I'm like, and I mean, to know, like, this is a bad finish to a great showing.
0: I think this love. match could have. I, I think this match definitely was suffered from the influx of time that they got that they had to allocate.
1: Because the way that I am thinking about it, I can't imagine they gave Cole and Lawler more than 15 minutes. Like, even if that. So you're probably putting I mean, two or three minutes into these other matches or taking away stuff to let people go a little what- longer.
2: And, and unfortunately this is one of those matches that I feel like they got cut because yeah. of that and yeah. it showed because it just felt like one big exposition of a match mm-hmm. everything went quick it was sudden and then it was over and I was like okay
1: yeah and I like it would, this one was just one of the matches where it was like so abrupt I'm like what like, <laughs> like that's weird but I think but this we was the next match I guess this was just kind of the weakest match on the card for me uh, just yeah, maybe, the finish,
2: cool, It made Willow really look cooler.
1: good. Yeah, it made yeah, Willow really, look, look good. Look really good. But it's just like for how fast the match ended, it just kind of threw me off a
2: little bit. I think it was a cooler match for um the previous <laughs> match with uh, Moxley and those guys.
1: Oh, definitely. Because up next is the fucking match. One of the matches of the night, which I think we're all up and down on on what is the best match of this night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think but we I all think, have
1: different opinions, but this I think is mine.
0: Top three is like. Inches, like I said.
1: Yeah, this is definitely what I consider my match of the night, even though the main event I feel like is only because that because whatever time they had was hindered was hindered because of injury. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see the last few minutes of that match kind of drag out because you now realize that Danielson's dealing with a fractured forearm.
0: We'll get to that later.
1: Yeah. Uh, Omega Osprey. This match had a hell of a hype package starting this match yep. off and then osprey's video too of him watching the monitors of his loss and everything like they put production into this
0: opening he he what, like the the close up of him wincing when he like takes the when he takes a turnbuckle as a brainbuster
1: yeah and then the spot seeing showing catching people up on spots that will come into play in this match uh omega you know, bashing his head through a table, mm. uh, all that shit. Like, this was a great storytelling promo of, like, here's where the
2: animosity is. Okay, so about that, this is one of those New Japan Pro Wrestling style promos. Yes. You know, because they do these yeah. on their pay-per-views a lot. So I felt like this match was a very NJPW match. It wasn't yeah. even a typical AEW match. And all the elements of the New Japan Pro Wrestling match from the promos to how it to the entrances and how it started.
1: Yeah, and this also it. used the the rules apparently of a New Japan title match. Yes, they made sure to, they sure they made sure to point that out at the start of the matches. This is using AEW rules or New Japan rules. Um, Don Callis is coming out fucking sleazy as hell. He has personal security.
0: <laughs> like, Don Callis came out for this match, but did not come out for uh, Takeshita
2: earlier, which I thought was very interesting. His yeah. security looked like Israeli soldiers. It was fucking hilarious.
1: I want to know if they his... were the local guys or if they were guys uh, from another promotion because they looked like they had bodies as like, bodies of wrestlers. Like they looked like they, they were... probably
2: were.
0: His, sol- his soldier, his security guys looked like a watered down and slimmed down version of AOP. I miss AOP. I yeah, miss too, I,
1: I miss a- NXT AOP. Those guys were fucking great. Yep. Yep. Um. And I've made a note here. I don't know if you guys uh, felt the same way. There's something with Kenny being with the elite that whenever he just comes out alone, it just gives him this aura of like just being like a more serious wrestler. Like it's he's just,
0: the best bout machine specifically when he comes out by himself.
1: Yeah. Like it's just this thing where like, you see him with the elite and you see him like, you know, being this. Great in ring performer and like friendly and everything, but when he comes out alone for these matches, there's just like this difference to him. Mm-hmm. And I was th- watching it. I'm like, of, fuck,
2: man. <laughs> yeah, there's a different aura against because there's a sense of seriousness with Omega. Yeah, yeah you know, a, like, when he comes out by himself, you can just know he's just going to take this match to the limit with Osprey. I think it was going to. Hmm, what's that? I was gonna say. I think
0: it was the media. This media scrum or like an interview in the past where he said that New Japan Kenny and AEW Kenny are two different characters. Yeah. Yeah, in this show. Uh, and this is New Japan Kenny.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is was,
0: the cleaner.
1: This was definitely a New Japan match, throw and through. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, th- this is the second, one of the first times tonight where the bell rings and the crowd goes fucking nuts and they haven't even done anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this and it's Okada Danielson? Um. We start off pretty slow, New Japan style, a lot of Matt wrestling. Uh, the crowd hates Callus. Some Callus sucks, Chance. And then, I mean, where do we even start with this fucking match when shit gets going?
0: Like. <laughs> uh, there's an exchange, like, announced table. Well, there's an exchange minutes in where they both try to hit their finishes on each other.
1: Yeah, with I. uh... Team. I did that. Uh, I made a note for that, too. The One-Winged Angel attempts, the Oz cut or miss, a Snapdragon into a standing flip, and then they just kind of look at each other for a little while.
2: Yeah.
0: But yeah, there's the spot where Osprey goes to make Kenny feel the same way that he felt when he like bashed him into the, into the table at, um, at Wrestle Kingdom.
1: And then he sets it up on the ring and drives Kenny through it. I mean, by yep. the, before even doing that, Kenny was already busted open.
0: Mm-hmm. The uh, that that's where he bladed, or that's where he got busted open is yeah. in that area in that time frame. Um, I wanted to make a note that this dispatch felt like a greatest hits from Wrestle Kingdom, where they went through yes. this, like similar spots.
1: You had your uh, standard Kenny like New Japan thing: the fireman's carry, rolling to him standing up into a moonsault off the corner. Like mm-hmm. you see that a lot in Kenny's New Japan matches. Um. It does kind of slow down after everything gets back into the ring and after Don Callis is ejected, which I made a note here. Having two matches back to back with ejection spots is kind of feels weird.
0: But I I hated this one and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um well I guess we'll get to it now. Um He comes back. He does come back. And Paul Turner does nothing about it.
1: Yeah. It it's a weird uh
0: it's a weird and thing. I, so and we'll probably get to that when we get
2: towards the finish, but, but I want way, to uh, about right? Paul Turner. He was really annoying in this. I match.
1: did make a note here that Paul Turner is being very involved in this match.
2: A little <laughs> too involved to the point so, where it annoyed me. So
0: I want to remind people who are what, who are like wrestling fans but aren't like in the know. The referees don't actually know what's what the finish is. They don't know who's winning. That's intentional. To make sure that it stays organic when they count they to are, three, uh,
1: they are the they are the pa- the in ring pace basically. They're like yes, they signal for like, hey, here's this, here's the minute, here's the spot, you know, that's the
0: and, and they'll say they'll say something like go for the finish, but they don't know what the finish is until it happens. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, that's what uh, happened, I think, at WrestleMania when Brock pinned Undertaker, the ref didn't know, so when he counted three, he was like, fuck, I'm fired because <laughs> he didn't know that Undertaker was supposed to lose.
0: Well, so,
2: <laughs> it was a small, it was a panic from him.
0: So what I think happened in this match is that uh, Paul Turner was like, oh, he, he caught, you know, he caught the heel. The heel gets kicked out. That, that's just what you do. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Don Callis played played with it, of course, because that's what he does. But when he came back and nothing happened, I thought that took away from the match a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is the match where you get Red Shoes from the Sonata match and you put him into this one. Like, I feel like this is the match that Red Shoes should have been the ref for. Which we also did mention in Jungle Boy Sonata, uh, Red Shoes was the ref for that match and the crowd loved him. So. But, um, yeah, like this one. I think the ref choice here might have been bad Uh, for this. I mean, if he... Even if he's just doing his job, like, he's doing it very, very, like, by the book and ag- almost, like, aggressive sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, Paul, uh, chill the fuck out, man. <laughs> Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just have, like, word spaghetti of just moves here. Uh, Shooting Star Press from the top of the turnbuckle onto Kenny. There's a very awkward Oz Cutter onto the apron where Kenny comes down, like, three seconds after Osprey does. <laughs> like, it was a very weirdly timed to cut her onto that apron. He uh,
2: gave the, old R- he gave the old Ronda Rousey bump right there. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, ref being... Scott <laughs> Steiner. So yeah. that was all before the table spot. I have a note here. Uh, Will slamming Kenny's head into the table spot. Only this one doesn't break like the table did at right? Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. Uh, still a wanker chance. And then here's yeah. where we start seeing... Osprey be very heelish for the Canadian crowd. Um, First things first, he licks Kenny's blood off of himself to a you sick fuck chant breaks out, which I always appreciate from the AW crowd. Um, The fucking V triggers that Kenny can land. Uh, Then we have the Shawn Michaels moment of Will Ospreay taking hey, no. the Canadian flag and using it to floss his ass with.
0: Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we get the World Rumble 1991 moment where Kenny Omega just starts fucking him up with it.
1: Yeah, this gives Kenny his second wind <laughs> and Kenny turns Will inside out. He starts throwing him around the ring with the flag around his neck. Yep. Uh, then he hangs him outside the ring for a second and then he gives it to the annoying kid in the crowd.
2: Which, which is a payoff. Which I same kid that was yelling the whole night. Yes, yes. unfortunately.
1: Which I'm happy to know that the guy he took the flag from in the first place was a plant and not an actual audience member. Because I'm pretty sure that audience member would have gone to that kid to get his fucking flag back. (laughs) Like Knock the kid
0: out, like, give me my fucking
1: flag back. Um, And I mean, this is where, it's at this point where I think this match just starts going into, like, a new gear. Mm -hmm. Um, Running V-Triggers into barricades, slamming his face into the steps, The DDT on top of the steps. This is where both people are really starting to bleed now. And then you get fucking uh, Spanish Fly counter into more heel shit from Osprey where he locks in a sharpshooter. And then.
0: I have a note that he locks in a crossface and the Toronto crowd is stunned. Like Chris is bon the only person ever, who ever used a crossface. Oh, but he was he, triggering that Canadian PTSD he did it from the for crowd. That.
1: The thing is, like, they knew he was doing it for that fucking reason, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's thing. it goes from the sharpshooter. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Bret Hart, Canadian hero, into crossface. And you can tell on Osprey's face that he's just indulging in this crowd heat. And yep. I'm like, if this was the '80s, this man would have been shot. <laughs> like,
2: he would not have survived the hole. Somebody would have jumped the rail by now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. And then it's just, just more and more, more. You sick fuck chance. Like the crowd really knew why he was doing it, and mm-hmm. just like they told him. I wrote out here. I really want this kid to just shut the fuck up. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> the. There was a really good visual of when Osprey had the sharpshooter on. They got a really good close up of his face where it's like all red.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's the fucking kick. I think to Kenny's head that Will gives him. Mm-hmm. Just like this loud impact, just like punt to the side of his head. And I mean, I have just notes here. It's just like a war. It's just like a move salad. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, just... Osprey
0: goes. Osprey goes for Stormbreaker. Uh, Kenny counters it into what looks like Deadeye.
1: Yeah, uh, so f- starting here from my note, the fucking kick to the head. Uh, the Oz cutter into the knee. Kenny collapses. A Snapdragon into a Snapdragon. Poison Rana. pile driver, It's a two count. Wait, we lost uh, the Kawada
0: kicks? Put some respect on Kawada's name.
1: Then uh, we have like a bunch of counters and strikes. Another two count. Callis comes back. Uh, Stormbreaker gets countered. And I put it looks like a Deadeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pretty rough looking Deadeye. I don't think Kenny got the grip right on it.
0: Shout out to Adam Page from earlier. Uh,
1: three knees to osprey kind of getting a second wind the screwdriver makes its comeback into this long-running storyline of screwdrivers and kenny's forehead so yeah uh hits him with the screwdriver goes for the pin after a stormbreaker and kenny gets his foot on the rope and the crowd goes ballistic <laughs> like you could like the audio feed i think cuts for a second because of how loud they got <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was such a good spot, and I was I got hyped like i was this is the moment where I was like, I'm fucking sold on this match. <laughs> like this match is badass
0: the The finish comes like not not long after that where um where Osprey goes for the one week uh, Ospreys counters the one winged angel for like the third time and then hits a tiger driver ninety three and then and and then and that like so painful
1: yeah so after the crowd goes nuts uh osprey hits the one winged angel this is right after the rope break mm-hmm. Hits the one wing kenny kicks out at one yeah and, and goes
0: the co- nuts
1: the crowd loses their collective shit once again <laughs> uh kenny is definitely playing like hometown hero here we get yep. strikes we get kicks we get knees we get brain busters the one winged angel into a suplex i think was really good like just kenny adjusting it into a suplex yeah the tiger driver had me fucking worried
0: (laughs) because that that was brutal looking because uh, that looked brutal and we all because we all know kenny has a bunch of injuries too yeah i was like right on the back of his neck
1: and that is not Mm. the scariest fucking neck injury we or the neck move that we get because danielson takes some fucking neck moves and we know his career (laughs) oh Uh,
0: and so, after Tiger Driver hits the Stormbreaker, and then or hits the Hidden blade, blade into a Stormbreaker,
1: and then we get the three count. There's a new New Japan uh, U.S. champion. I might found out who was. Holy fuck, this match! <laughs>
0: like, yeah, uh, we we kind of knew this was going to happen because Kenny's staying with AEW. Yeah,
1: yeah. and Osprey uh, and, is going back to New Japan. So I mean, they yeah. want their title with their guys. I think that's the trade-off with all these partnerships is like, we'll put our title on Omega, but Omega's never going to be here. So let's take our title off of him and put it with one of our guys who will be here. And I feel bad that they're always in that position because I think this is the second time it's happened because of Moxley. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that
1: happened so, with Moxley too. And I'm like, New Japan, stop putting your belts onto the AEW guys. <laughs> like,
0: or keep doing it, you know. Or well, keep doing it. So keep doing it because that's how that's how they get their, get their the brand off. Right? Right? Forbidden yeah. Door. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, this fucking match, man. This match like, was good.
0: Was God, a this good match. match
2: was so fucking good. This is basically the match where Osprey and Omega just became legends. I think like, I you know, I think they I counted.
1: I yeah, think I counted it too. It's like the last like four minutes of this match is where all this shit happens. Yeah, I think from the rope break uh, with the foot to the final stormbreaker is like four minutes. And I'm like, shit, man. He count. He takes a one wing angel, kicks that at one. Then he takes a tiger driver, and then he takes all this other shit. And that's like four minutes. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like, hey, screw a hundred. We're going to hundred and ten.
2: Let's just. <laughs> This is like a wrestling game, Will Ospreay would burn through like three or four fucking uh special bars by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah,
1: this this just is definitely it between this and the Okada match, like this is probably my match of the night. This was such a good fucking match. Dude. I think I want to see Kenny and Osprey just do this forever. Like I think this is just the rivalry that they can have. This is at least one more match. Yeah, this is the this is the rock stone cold, I think, for me in terms of feuds for a w new Japan guys, like they just have this chemistry, they have this intensity, and if they could just do this all the time, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I think I'll be a very happy uh, wrestling fan
0: mm-hmm. um after the match, uh Kalis walks Osprey out, um Michael Nakazawa comes out and walks out uh walks out Kenny omega, yeah, no and longer Nakazawa really... in a hot minute
1: he wrestles occasionally, but he is serving more of a backstage role now,
0: so yeah.
1: Uh, a lot of these guys who came in at the start of AEW, if they're not wrestling on Dark or not getting TV time, I think a lot of them have transitioned into uh, backstage roles now. Mm. So good for him. Yeah, I mean he's a great guy. I love him as a comedy wrestler. Like I would love to see more yeah. of Michael Nakazawa. Naka,
0: Naka, Naka,
1: Naka. Just him in him in the oil. Like that's what <laughs> that's what I loved yeah. about early AEW. I loved how like ridiculous early AEW was, and now it's kind of settled into like a more serious like brand.
0: It's definitely it definitely did the thing that the WWF did in the 90s where it's like really goofy and then the attitude ever hit.
2: Yeah,
1: it was definitely
2: history is cyclical. I want to put it that I want to just say that history is cyclical. Really missed the initiative, by the way. That was a good group.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do miss that. Dude, that's one of the best feuds that AW Dark has had ever had. The two people who always lost going for their first win.
2: And then (laughs) it was
1: what two of the three, like the first two matches had them double knockouting each other. So they actually went to a third match where uh, Brandon Cutler got the win.
2: Yeah,
1: and I'm like, that's great fucking storytelling. Like, even <laughs> for like even for like lower guys, like that's just great like storytelling. Mm. Uh, then I think like the Fuego Del Sol who apparently has left AEW, which is yep kind of disappointing. I really liked him as an enhancement guy, but you know people need to do what they need to do. So
0: you can't stay in one company forever. Even even in the even in the world of like. WWE. Even in the world where WWE was the only game in town, you don't want to stay in the same company forever. No, you don't.
1: Uh, then we get the cooldown match uh, for this, because thank God the crowd needs it.
0: <laughs> like, the Suzuki Appreciation Society for one night only.
1: The Suzuki Appreciation what? Society versus Darby Sting and Naito. Gods. Lay Suzuki gods.
0: The suzuki gods uh, and uh yeah and darby allen or sorry sting and tetsuya naito and their darby. estranged and their small child
1: yes sting his son and their wacky uncle naito <laughs> 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 um sting looks like he's going back to joker sting which is interesting because i think they're talking about having a match with sting and jericho and darby and sammy and Jericho is bringing back the Painmaker, and I'm like, if Sting's gonna come out as Joker Sting to like match this energy, like <laughs> I'm glad to see that Sting is also still changing his character after so many years in this business.
2: That's kind well, of it, been the, yeah, but Oh, it's kind of been the story with Sting and Jericho, though. I mean they they've been two guys that have just over time been able to evolve their characters. How did WCW not do this? how did they fumble this? And that was my it's, next question.
0: It's wild they that it? they never met in WCW to my knowledge. Anything. Like
1: the fact that they haven't met anywhere is absurd. Like even it,
0: it, what happened is Jericho had the stink of being a cruiserweight and they treated the cruiserweights right. like a circus act. He was what a cruiserweight back in himself. WCW. Yeah. Is what happened. Yes. Correct.
1: And even uh, a lot of their cruiserweight guys did leave also to go to WWF.
0: So who also treated them like a circus act. Yeah,
1: I mean WCW's Screwdriver were like some of my favorite things that when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Like I love those guys. But yeah. yeah, the fact that for how long both of these guys have gone, even if it's like some off-brand, you know, indie fed, like doing like a super show or something for like charity, like I think neither of these guys have ever seen each other face to face like this, and we're just now getting it. I'm like, thank God, at least we can mark something off of a crazy bingo card that's out there. Yeah. A sting jericho match <laughs> mark it off
0: <laughs> like, I, I made a note that when uh we'll get to that we'll get to it in a sec but when jericho and uh no no when sting and suzuki are in the ring the combined age is 119 years this was, years
1: we brought that up in the discord this is an
0: old match yeah this is like a wcw style match
1: this is a this is early years TNA in terms of age right now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> when you have yeah. all the uh, the old WCW guys coming over to TNA. Yep. Um, um, but both these guys I are have, still so good. Like they're still yeah, so they good. Are.
0: It's wild. Uh, I made another note that um, Darby Allen is the ty- is like checking off another thing on his on his death defy list by getting into a strike fest with uh, Minoru Suzuki, I love the absolutely killed the man with his hands. I love the build up. He's like. Laughing at Darby and he like pats him on his shoulder and then, just <laughs> and then he just rushes him. and then just lays out Darby Just him out. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, hold, he does the thing where he like holds him and then goes
2: Yeah. And now, he kinda did that he kinda him. did that and the man was like, oh hey, yeah, I kinda like it, kid, but uh brace yourself.
1: Oh there are two moments in this match where Darby just gets the shit knocked out of him. The first one that is was the one. uh the Suzuki yeah, Suzuki knocking the shit out of him. Um uh, we have the whole thing. This is kind of just your standard six-man tag match. Uh, Darby goes for his little speedy, like dive through the ropes and get hit by a Judas effect, and then just lays <laughs> there for five nasty. minutes. <laughs>
2: and that's the second time he got the shit yes. knocked out of I him mean, because the rest of, the, of this, elbow.
1: the rest of this match is just Nido and Sting and Darby like laying on the ground outside of the ring. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, we're back to uh, Nido and Sting. Uh, I think Sting was supposed to move from this table because the way that Sammy sells it is like Sammy knocked himself out with this move. Yeah. So what I think was supposed to happen is Sammy was supposed to go for the 630 off the rope and Sting was supposed to roll off. But I think Sting timed it wrong and Sammy came right down on top of Sting and went through this table. But Sting gets right back up and Sammy stays laying out outside the ring. Yeah. So I think the spot was Sammy tries to do a thing and then just sends himself through a table. So uh yeah, both of the young guys just knocking themselves out in this match, I think is the running theme here.
0: The other the other two I'm all the four forward. pillars.
1: Yeah. Um it's just your standard back and forth, and then we get a uh pinning Suzuki for the win.
0: So I like that. Um because it, it was it wasn't just Naito pinning Suzuki. It was tag team wrestling from Sting and Naito. Yeah, that was the finish.
2: And uh, they work really well
0: together. Oddly enough, they work really well for people who have never tag teamed, to my knowledge. Yeah,
2: I
1: don't think they have. I know Sting. I, uh, did Sting go to Japan? I think he went to Japan. Sting early. went to Japan. Sting went, went to like, Japan, but That Japan. was way before Naito. I think showed up on the scene. So yeah. Uh, there was a funny moment in this where Sammy and Jericho do their pose and then Suzuki comes out and, like, rests his head on top of Jericho's, like...
0: The camera pans back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's just a great little it's thing. Good shot. Um, they miss that on Dynamite, I think, where they went for that. And as Suzuki's coming in to, like, lay down with them, the camera cuts to the outside of the ring, so you don't see it in the ring at the time. And they're like, okay, mm. we need to fix that. Let's do it at the at the
0: pay-per-view. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, but but this, this was a solid match. It was a solid match. A solid six-man tag uh, face team got the win. Uh, a little slower than everything else, but it was for the build-up for this fucking classic that we got.
0: Imagine, if you will, the rest of this. The rest of this is like a five-course meal. You've got all of these like nice hearty meals coming all the way down. You've got a couple like little sandwiches here and there to cleanse the palate, and then you're given this fucking. 40 ounce porterhouse just slapped it on your plate yeah this is that bitch
2: this is the steak and And the asparagus this is Uh, what this is
0: this is the steak potatoes bacon wrapped asparagus this is
1: this is me going back for my third roll of sushi at a buffet yeah (laughs) exactly this is me eating all the meats all the veggies everything i get like at a chinese buffet and then it's Mm -hmm. like oh i'm so full let me go get a few more of those shrimp sushi. <laughs> like, oh,
0: I'm so, I'm so full. Let me go get some hot pot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson comes out the Final Countdown. It's apparently I a one and done. Immediately marked out. It's a one and done because Tony Khan says that it apparently cost him as much as an AEW contract would. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not going to... Uh, Hold on to so, that music okay, license.
0: So that so that happened, and then the reports came in that they actually purchased the label that had that. Yeah, so instead it might be cheaper of getting in the, the
1: license, instead of getting the license to the song, they bought the fucking company.
0: <laughs> like, so yeah, so like it, it'll be easier to license it later.
1: What kind of five dimensional power play? <laughs> it's just like oh, it would be easier just yeah. to like own it. Like
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: billionaires uh, man they
1: also did not Danielson did not know he'd be coming out to this song. they kept it from him,
0: yeah, that was so, it was really funny,
1: uh yeah, it's just he'll run Danielson in this company has been fucking gold, mm-hmm. and I mean, just also happy that Okada gets his money drop when I thought all the fake dollar bills started coming down, and I was like, yep. I'm glad they did not spare that.
0: <gasps> Hey, like, hey, call it call it a money shot, you coward. That's what it yeah, is. It's a money shot. <laughs> but I'm just like,
1: I'm so glad they were like, Okada, rain the money. Just all the mm-hmm. money. All the Okada bucks. <laughs> um, it was,
0: it's a it's a good it's a good entrance.
1: Uh again, bell rings. Holy shit. And this is awesome. Where, it just where, starts where off the we, bat.
0: Where do we even where do we start with this match? Like
1: this match was probably the pinnacle of technical wrestling.
0: This is for, a clinic.
1: Yeah. Like, this. There should be no doubt in anybody's mind that Brian Danielson is one of the best technical wrestlers to ever live. Like, he is just that good.
2: And Okada's just keeping up with him the whole time. Yeah. This is the match I've wanted ever since Brian Danielson made his way to AEW. And when that New Japan Pro Wrestling Partnership was announced, I was like, if they don't do this match, they will have wasted this whole thing. And they finally got around to doing it. And I'm so excited about this. They weren't going to do it immediately because that's leaving money on the table. They want to build it up. They would be, and they built it up for a couple of years. And then we finally got to this point. And I'm like, yes.
1: And the thing is, I think the story going into this too was like, this is Okada coming out to challenge him, I think out of respect for Kenny, too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with everything that BCC and Elite have been doing, like they've been attacking Kenny for a lot or a lot of the time, too. And mm-hmm. you remember that Kenny and Okada had some of the best matches in New Japan just a few years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's
0: this was storytelling.
1: This was technical wrestling, like Danielson had a goal in mind. He was just going to work the injured arm of Okada this entire match. And ironically
2: injured his own arm.
0: So when you watch the match back with the context that Daniel, like Brian, Danielson I know exactly
1: where I know exactly when it fractures and I can tell
0: by what, how the match
1: like slows it. down. It's the elbow drop, the second elbow drop. Okay. Where, where it's where he rolled over onto his side to take it. Okada okay. came down right on his the middle of his forearm. Gotcha. Uh, and uh. if you watch it with that in mind, like from that second uh elbow drop, the match just slows down.
2: You know, entirely. elbow drops in his pay-per-view have been weird. Okay. They've landed wrong, like could you, uh, elbow drop's nuts. nuts. Yeah. And uh, now Okada just fucking breaks um Danielson's arm with an elbow drop. And then it's Punk crazy. gets her a receipt in that match where you like elbow drops
0: was uh, like larynx or something. Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see if I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, there was the spot here where I think Danielson took the tombstone onto the
0: ramp. Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: And I think there was also a very, very hard a neck breaker like onto Okada's knee that he took. Yeah. And seeing um, that I was like, fuck, why are we doing it to this guy in particular? Like I, why is I, this man I, taking the neck injuries? I know the
0: we, <laughs> I know the, tomb- the Tombstones were the Tombstones were very safe because it, can, was, can, it was
1: visually a very safe Tombstone. There was about a good visually the- it
0: looks painful as hell but But you could tell actually do the microscopic look it's
1: like two or three inches off the ramp and i'm like okada was very safe doing that too which i'm thankful for
0: um i made a note that kevin kelly does not know how to say kazuchika okada's name and he commentates for new japan
2: yeah
1: um there was a moment here where danielson took a drop kick from okada while sitting on top of the turnbuckle and from his reaction, I don't think Danielson knew he was about to take that spot. <laughs> like, Okada hits him, and you see Danielson, like, rolling over on off, like, freaking out, trying to grab the rope. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't think he knew he was about to take a drop dropkick. He, he,
0: he might have just missed his footing there. Yeah, it was a very, There's A lot uh, of stuff
1: going on, on Turbuckle. A very scary fall, though, outside of the ring, which I'm glad he was able to catch himself from making yeah. worse. Uh... Yeah, I mean, then, there's so much in this match. And I think it's not even like a lot of action. It's just
0: like the psychology of it all. And then we get the spot that I, I think uh, took it down a little bit to me, but I think we'll get to can I guess, uh, why it wasn't as bad. Guess.
1: Can I guess it's the fake medical scare?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, we starts when, having like a seizure. When and is even, Daniel... even like Okada's like moving, like rolling him over.
1: When it's Danielson doing it, I don't think it's a thing you should be doing in a match because everybody knows Danielson's injury history.
0: So it's not just that Uh, seizures affect me personally because my older brother has seizures. So but even taking myself out of that, I don't think it I don't think it was as bad as when you had when you live in a world where MJF throws beer at a kid and gets a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I I think we're I think we're good here. Uh, it did like just abruptly stop the like momentum yeah. of this match though. And I think that was intentional. Um, but I think, so I think what happened is, uh, during this particular spot where he's like fake convulsing and he like moves up, moves him over on the side. I think this is Danielson being like, Oh, my arm's fractured. Okay. Let's get, let's, let's yeah, you know, wrap this up. Because
1: this was right after he took that elbow drop onto yeah. it. I think it was just his way of letting somebody know my arm's fucking broken. <laughs>
2: uh and i'm gonna finish
1: act- this match real quick and then we yeah, can they were, go
2: backstage because I, I think they were clearly calling audibles right there because they uh, my, brian was talking to him for like a good you know two or three minutes yeah. and the crowd was just silent now i'm like oh yeah something's going on here
1: yeah because after this it's only a few moves it's a few kicks it's a rainmaker and then it's just this like three minute long segment of danielson yeah, trying, trying to, to apply hit the a submission hold and he's doing he, it very creatively without an arm. He uses
0: his, his leg instead, instead, instead of instead of, of his arm. arm his hurt arm. I thought that was really cool. And, but you and can tell, he can contort himself that way.
1: But you can tell he's holding his arm too like close. And the thing is like I don't think Okada knows, so Okada's pulling him into the Rainmaker with the fractured arm being the one that's getting extended. And I'm like, oh, Fuck Danielson, you can do this. <laughs> I know like, that had
2: to hurt like hell too. That hurt like bitch, I think a that's bitch, what someone was sure. like,
1: fucking Danielson. That's like adrenaline has to be like coursing through his sure. nerves right now. He probably can't feel that, but like the fact that he he's still today. the fact that he's still going for like 10 minutes after yeah. fracturing his arm is absurd to me.
0: Built different. Yeah, Brian Danielson's built different, exactly.
1: Um uh, the first man to make Okada top, uh, tap in eight years. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. person being Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a weird statistic if I think about it. You think out of all the Kenny matches, there'd be at least something, but no, Kenny and him just beat the shit out of each other.
0: Yep. Uh, uh there aren't a whole lot of submission finishes in New Japan in general.
1: Yeah, there's not. Except for
0: the submission, like one or two submission specialists.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's big for them to agree to let Okada tap like that after so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I want to feel like that's probably Okada's call. Also, he yeah. probably doesn't need to be put onto a pedestal anymore since he's not, you know, world heavyweight champion over there.
0: He's not the champion. He he had his run as the guy, and again, I, I make the comparison to John Cena because that's what most of these people who are watching would would have that com- instant comparison to. Yeah, he's New Japan's but John like, Cena. Yeah, he's New Japan's John Cena, where like to the point where at the at the uh, after be- having the the reign of doom.
2: Uh, now he's doing the th- Now he's doing his part and like putting people over. Yeah. So I think he just wanted to do that out of respect to you now Brian Danielson because I know he was. I think okay, um, Danielson was one of his bucket lists as far yeah. as wrestling goes, and he wanted to wrestle him forever. And I think he just did that out of respect to him. Yeah.
1: You know? So I think uh, there's a mutual respect here from both guys, and I mean that's a huge honor to have too. Because now he'll Danielson can be like, I made Okada tap. The first in almost a decade.
2: This is this. Is all it took was me breaking my arm to do it. And just let that feed into
1: Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Please just give me it. <laughs>
0: like, I have has wanted Zack Sabre and Danielson ever since uh, Danielson <laughs> did commentary on the Cruiserweight Classic. If I,
1: If it wasn't this match with Okada, it should have been this match with Sabre. I'm like god just fucking give us that technical masterpiece please
2: I hope hope we get to that point too because that's going to be one for the ages that's going to be a once in a lifetime did you guys watch the media scrum
0: for uh, the previous pay-per-view for uh, what what Danielson was saying on it no I didn't I watched any of the media scrums after so Danielson uh, was asked what do you think about um... ah fuck I'm forgetting his name uh the the guy finisher is like the tower of london nigel mcginnis nigel fuck why did yeah. i forget his name it's it's we're getting there that
1: was brought um, up too because he's back in ring of honor yeah. as an so it, he was
0: he was brought up uh of how how he feels about nigel mcginnis saying that he could he wants one more go in the ring and he wants to fight danielson and Danielson was like i think i think mcginnis should shut his mouth because i've been wrestling for all these time and he's been doing commentary
1: yeah So, like, we have all these, like, potential just great matches to come out of it, but, man, this Okada Danielson match. I feel like the ending was hindered because of the injury, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, this match itself was just phenomenal. Watch this match if you love, like, technical wrestling.
0: If you want a nice 20-minute clinic, this is the one to watch.
1: Storytelling, in-ring, psychology. if,
0: If you're on a plane and you need to watch something for, you know, your flight, put this on your playlist. Yeah,
1: I, this is just this is going to be considered like a classic. I think it's just in wrestling, not even just AEW.
0: Like this is just a great match. I don't I don't give a shit what the star ratings are for this. This is five for me. I mean,
2: this either. is gonna be a top ten for the year for me. Yeah,
0: no gives a shit right about now. star ratings.
1: <laughs> not... Well, good. Don't. Nobody should because it's all every time because Dave Meltzer every time he like comes out with something, everybody's like, no, you're wrong because like they said you're wrong, (laughs) so why are we even listening to this guy much anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the last hour of this pay-per-view, just from the Omega match to this match, is just absurd. Like, oh, it's such a good pay-per-view, and fuck, I'm gonna be watching Money in the Bank and be like, I could be watching Forbidden Door 2023
0: again. Eh um like i said it was a it was a very good pay-per-view for me um i I think those those i think when we're talking about absolute like elite pay-per-views yeah um i don't i don't think it quite hits that for me but i i do i do recognize it was a very good pay-per-view and i think those i think those mistakes with those little tune like fine-tuned mistakes like paul turner missing a call and like uh dennison convulsing because he fractured his arm so he had to be able to call that spot um and, and just, like, the, the general... A lot of these matches felt like they either had too much time or too little time.
2: And I think that's to, from the Cole match. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It's just a curse, man. Adam Cole's missed both forbidden doors.
0: For well, illness, illness at least means it's a flu or COVID or something, and it, it's not like he broke his arm or something.
1: No, he has to wait a No, he has to wait a whole other year, though. It, it's,
2: it's basically these curse for him.
0: He that's can just fight Jay White on on Dynamite. He doesn't need to wait.
1: It should be uh, it should be all in if they build up to that. Mm-hmm. But that's the, I mean, CM Punk and them are feuding with Bullet Club Gold right now.
0: I'm excited for that. I'm excited yeah. to see what comes of that.
1: It's surprising to see the guns like in the position that they're in still. But uh, I mean it's it's interesting because we have what a month until All Out, and the or I think like I mean. A, all in, so that's August, and mm-hmm. then yeah, this fucking weekend we have Money in the Bank. So. Yep. Oh man, busy times here at the Square Triangle Podcast.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's all I really had about about the pay per view. I think it was. A, I thought it was a very good pay per view. Yeah, great pay per view.
1: Like, yeah, I probably agree um, with you. Not one of their AEW's best, but the match quality on it.
0: The match quality was very good. Like for the matches. At- not- For a lot of matches, the quality was there. Taking nothing away from the competitors. The competitors
2: were great. It was just
0: like production
2: issues. Yeah.
0: Production um, is fine.
2: And one more thing to add. uh, I think as far as the pacing goes, yeah, some things got cut due to time and others got uh, time got added in some spots. But also also from a pro wrestling standpoint, the pacing of these matches was a little slower than your typical AEW match. But I think they made it work. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, I think if they just kind of stick with you know the kind of slightly slower wrestling style, um, they could flesh out psychology and in ring stuff a lot better yeah. it felt different for me, but it felt different in a good way.
1: I think we talked about I, it in the Discord. A few of these felt like New Japan matches over AEW matches, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but it worked. The two longest matches on this show, I think, were this Okada match at like twenty five minutes and then the Omega match at anywhere between thirty five and forty. Mm. So and pretty much like the last called, hour. I know they
0: called for 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 Omega and I know they specifically called a thirty minute warning.
1: Yeah, they were keeping track of the time so I was like, oh fuck, they're gonna put on an hour like master class. Mm. It's like, no, thirty six minutes in, I think, it's where the conclusion happens. So Yep. I was like, oh, that's different. But I, I do like how they're keeping these little things in mind, like the time uh, for title matches and all these other like little things. It just makes it feel more thought out. Yep. Uh,
0: um, yeah. The other note I have is uh, since CM Punk won in the quarterfinals, he goes up against a match that I didn't think I was going to see on national television, um, Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe on this Saturday on Collision. Oh, he fights shit. that. He fights the winner of that match.
1: Oh, they're gonna make it be Punk they're and Joe, Punk and they're gonna get Punk his win. Yep. Oh my God, that's the story. <laughs> He's gonna get his yeah. win over Joe to because Roger Strong is probably gonna like hurt Joe enough that Punk can. But I do like how Punk and the two other guys are big Ring of Honor like alums. Yeah. So a lot of uh, Ring of Honor energy in AEW, which sure. makes sense because they bought Ring of Honor. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see where all of this goes. And that's probably going to be the finals, man. Joe and Punk at all. in. No,
0: it's it's the
2: semi It's the semis. No, they're the same bracket. They're, oh, they're the same, the same they're bracket. They're the same side of the bracket. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: man. So, yeah, it's going to be Punk getting his win over Joe.
2: That's going yeah. to be a main event at Dynamite or Collision. One of them, too. Yeah, probably.
1: All right. But yeah, that's all I pretty much have. I'd loved this pay-per-view. I can't Let's wait for the it. next I, one. I, would, I really
2: liked it. It, it was fun. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But all
1: right. anybody else have anything left? Nope. Oh, uh, we are sorry for being gone for several weeks. Uh we've been out here in the wilds. Just kind of existing.
0: Again, we all have full time jobs and responsibilities.
1: Yeah, right. I also didn't really like reach out for a few weeks and be like, Hey, we doing podcasts. <laughs> so just... So next
0: next week for sure we're gonna cover money in the bank and then after that we'll we'll see. Yeah,
1: so you're going to get probably two back-to-back episodes of Square Triangle, and then we'll be back to our regularly uh, scheduled podcast. Hopefully. (laughs) But yeah, uh, you guys can find us on um, YouTube, which you're probably watching the video on, or if you're watching the podcast, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, We have a Twitter. All that stuff is in the description. X, thanks for joining us again. We always like having you here. Always a pleasure. Also, uh, if you're watching the video, you notice the two of them have Bullet Club shirts, and I do not, because I do not own a Bullet Club shirt, <laughs> despite
0: being a wrestling give me, fan. Give me, give me. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Too sweet.
1: <laughs> so, thanks everybody for watching, and uh, yeah, we'll, this group, will see you again next week, and then Deck and I will see you after. So, take care, everybody. Later. Have a good night.
2: Have a good one.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Square Triangle. Find us wherever you get your podcasts,
2: under the Without Context Podcast. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at WC network.